welcome to a special bonus episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. It's just uh, me, I'm Mike, I forgot to say that, and Ross. Hi, everybody. And we're, just the two of us are talking because we are in the process of writing an article for uh, the magazine Active Learner that Highscope puts out. And we realized that if we're collaborating on something, we're so used to talking, it might be easier to talk through our ideas. Yeah. So um, if you don't have the magazine, you can go to highscope.org and look for it that way. You might have to sign up to be a member, but it's free. And then you can get the PDF of the article. This discussion will be longer and it'll be more of a dialogue than the... And so with that, I'll go to the first question we were asked is, how did we decide to get together on a regular basis? And... I think there's two answers to this. One is mm-hmm. that, I mean, I didn't know you, Ross, very well, but, mm-hmm. or no, I hadn't even met you yet. We hadn't met you. It was uh, But Tom. Joey, over the years, I would see at conferences, and we always yep. had similar conversations of, like, kids playing with sticks. Why don't more people let kids play with sticks? Or mm-hmm. things usually around outdoors more than rough and tumble, but along those lines. And then Tom and I met... And we got together to write a proposal for the NACI conference, the national conference. And the proposal got rejected. But in the discussion about what we wanted to write about, we clearly had this passion for big body play, Mm -hmm. rough and tumble play. And we decided we should get together more often. So Mm -hmm. we started meeting at coffee shops. And I think right away, Tom suggested we each invite somebody we knew. Yeah. Maybe two people we knew each Mm -hmm. or something. So, for me, it was Becky, who was a guest on an episode. Yeah, very early on. Very early on. And then Joey, who already knew you. Yep. And Tom invited you. And Tom also might have invited Joey. Joey might I, have been invited twice. I think she may, she may be the, the special guest of honor that was uh, asked twice. But, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember meeting, knowing of Tom through his blog and his kind of conference presentations. And so, going to... I think that I can't remember if that was at I think that was the national conference years ago. Then um, I said, "Oh, I finally got a chance to meet you." And he had, he asked, "Well, we're actually starting this discussion group. Would you be interested in joining?" And okay. so that was kind of uh, around big body rough and tumble. Uh, originally, was kind of just yeah. I think we called ourselves a big body play discussion group. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And so that was definitely the the main reason. We had this one thing. And I think that's something, I think it's important, that that idea that because we chose one topic um, and then stuck with it, Mm -hmm. we just kept going deeper. So high scope, there's a phrase, go an inch wide but a mile deep. And I think that's what this discussion group did. We haven't really Mm -hmm. veered from that much at all. I'd say we got more into the body and mind in general. Yeah than necessarily big body play but it hasn't and once we switch to the name teaching with the body and mind yeah i guess we've always stuck with that and so that's something that i think we keep people keep coming to us interested in mm-hmm. those types of things whether it's about nature play big body play um i mean well i think even with the more maybe more recent episodes where we've talked about maybe classroom concerns or relationships or language or things it has always come back to that that idea of why movement is so important and that was why I think the the way that kind of the group also right. came together was because it was we were talking about the kind of 
controversial big body rough and tumble play. Right. And it was something that we all kind of believed in or were advocates for, but right. wanting to have that stronger collected voice. And it, it wasn't a podcast or a, a way that we, we just wanted to have like-minded teachers come together. So the discussion groups were, bef- you know, in its early inception, were open to many yeah. to come to just, hey, I've got this question, or how? what do you do with this? And I think there was that we were kind of mm-hmm. workshopping ideas or questions or concerns that we would have. And then it was, after a couple of years, we're like, you know, we could just record these conversations yeah. and share them. And partly, I think we started doing conferences that as well together. Yeah. Yeah. And people would ask, oh, well, how do I go to this? And it'd be a conference somewhere that wasn't close to the Twin Cities yeah. or yeah. <clears throat> like... Or, Saturday isn't a good day for them yeah. or whatever. And so we were like, oh, well, maybe we could have the discussion as a podcast instead. Yeah. And I think that's, as you said, going kind of that mile deep is it's always, there's always been that movement component, which is a, has been kind of, you know, I think, the foundation of what we've always kind of wanted to bring in with um, looking at the how and why for early childhood that we often might see missing or that we, right. we want to have. So I think it's we, when we've kept that lens with all of our reflections or questions, it ends up going back to, well, how does this work for children and their right. their need to move? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so maybe thinking about learning, like having that child perspective, but then also the fact that we're working with other teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been an occupational therapist or two that have... Yep. come to the discussion groups not yep. the podcast um, I'm trying to think of I think there was even a parent or two at some Depends point some parents uh, that didn't professionally do anything uh, in this field but yeah but had, had kids had kids and were kids themselves and a few uh, movement specialists Actually, everybody performers. on the show has been a kid themselves I believe they have I think yeah. that's right um, but yeah we a few kind of performers and dancers yeah um, people that were for part of their maybe adolescent or even adult life was uh, part of their work or their profession was movement and so I think we've had kind of a uh, kind of a wide group and it just ended up being that the four of us kind of were continually right, there yeah. and then that was I think the, yeah. like, the presentation started and then the group continued yeah. and I think the importance of the teachers is that the discussions usually center around somebody bringing up something Yep. Um, for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know one of us will say, oh, in my class, I saw this. Um, early on, Tom would often send a little video clip. And if anyone who's yep. ever seen Tom present, he often shows these five to 15 second clips mm-hmm. and then talks about it for a long time. And I think that part's important, too, that it's somebody talking about a, something in their classroom and talking about how they reacted mm-hmm. and then asking people, how would you have reacted? Mm-hmm. And being reflective on why did I choose that if it was my you know story mm-hmm. or my video clip, and then would I do the same thing the next time? And mm-hmm. the thing about teaching is that you can have something similar happen on a different day and react completely differently. And so yeah. there isn't one right answer. And there's something about having the conversation with other teachers, or even if it is another parent or um, something like that. That it's still not like there's an expert and then there's everyone else everyone's kind of in that same mm-hmm. uh, 
I don't know if level's the right word, but we kind of each look at it as yeah. reflecting, oh yeah, that's happened in my room too. Or yeah. that reminds me of a thing that happened to me mm-hmm. and then having a story versus research shows mm-hmm. that. I mean, every so often, all of us bring up research at some point, right. but that's not our starting point. Our starting right. point is our lens as a teacher, mm-hmm. and then usually the next lens is for, from the kid's perspective. Why do you think they were doing that? Yeah. What how do you think they read my reaction <laughs> or right. my, you know, uh, and then a little bit Ross, you're now an administrator yeah. as well. Yep. And Tom had been at one point, but he seems to have usually doesn't take that perspective. Yeah. Yep. Joey and I both work as administrators. So we often also have that role, especially yeah. of what will the parents say to us. So mm-hmm. a little bit of the parent lens, but usually it's teacher first, then maybe kid. And then, Sometimes we'll get into the other lenses right. as well, depending what the topic is. But I think that idea of all trying to figure it out, we're all reflecting. Right. And I think also the fact that we choose one little thing for each discussion rather right. than let's talk about yeah. rough and tumble or yeah. let's talk yeah. about balance well, beams or, you know. Because, yeah, I think if it, we, we could, and maybe even if I'm thinking back, we did in the very early there may have been some wider like just topical things but it, yeah. would, it would immediately we'd narrow in on one thing yeah and that no, that's that definitely true discussion yeah so I think it just made sense from who the we ones were. that worked the best were a very specific thing yeah <clears throat> it's interesting they often talk about that in writing too that if you try to you know talk about everything at once it doesn't work right but if you choose one story mm-hmm and be very specific about it, then it touches mm-hmm. right. everything else. Well, maybe that'll segue into that next topic about, you know, a story related to what we've learned from each other. One thing that I know from our discussion group, and it was from you, Mike, early on, where we were, again, even before we started recording, but it was the idea of having chairs in your classroom. Oh, I remember yeah. sitting in the coffee shop around the table, and I was like, yeah, we always have chairs there, and it ends up being a fight of who gets to sit where, and you're like, well, we'll just stack the chairs. Right. And children can get one if they want one, but they often don't need one. Right. And it's actually, they're, if they're doing Play-Doh or if they're drawing, it might be better for them to stand up and really be able to drive in or lay on the floor with a clipboard yeah. and be able to make the thing. I was like, yeah, because that, that was me, too, and that's how it felt for, for my own growing up, that sitting in a chair is to feel captive. And so I started to pull the chairs away, and one thing that I really kind of then have taken from that was really asking those questions of, well, why do I do this? Why do we have this rule? Yeah. And who does it really serve? And is it a, is, and not even just blanketed, like we do this here, we don't do this here in our classroom, but it's even year to year, who's in this classroom and what are the needs of the children? What are the needs with these particular kids? Right. And I feel, I feel like that's really been something I've taken away. That's really been helpful is that I've just my reflective practice has increased. I, the teacher I worry about the most is the one who thinks they've got it figured out. Right, right. Um, I'd rather have someone who doesn't always make the best choices with kids, but right. is always questioning their choices because mm-hmm. you know eventually they're going to figure out what works. Right. And the teacher doesn't understand that they that there might be another way. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's hard to work with. Or well, and as you said, like that collective mindset because I would at when I was teaching at the lab school I would be the mentor or the reflector instigator for my student teaching team often that I would bring the questions and try to get them to go deeper 
and we would have a little bit of time as a staff, but the way that it was structured, there actually wasn't as much. And I knew I was guilty of also not pushing it as much as I could have, but getting to reflect with my colleagues to say, hey, what about this? What about this? Right. And I think that's what this group has really, with the discussion group, which led to the podcast team or discussion group, that it really gave the chance to talk those things through because we can't read all the books. We're not going to read all the right, books. Right. And it, that someone just goes, but like even just you bringing that, but why do you do that? And you go, right. Oh, I needed somebody else to help yeah, yeah. Work, work, help me work through this, which I think mm-hmm. has been really great. So that, yeah. maybe one other kind of point for those out there of that thought of you know having somebody to regularly talk to Having right. a group like once a week or once a month just to say, right. ah, I'm wondering about this because I think it yeah. really is a va- And somebody that might not be in your space can be helpful because then they go in it objectively rather than knowing all the same right, kind of feelings right. or rules. Yeah, so. yeah. I, th- I think actually that's something that really helped the discussion group was that nobody came from the exact same program. So there weren't right. the same rules and there, weren't, there wasn't the same culture, organizational culture or whatever. Um, we all did come from a white perspective, definitely. Yeah. I think all of us middle class. I'm just trying to think back. But in general, the discussion group was yeah. from that perspective. But even with that being the same, we still had different perspectives of a nature-based preschool, a, yeah. a preschool in the city, mm-hmm. um, a, a program through the school district, yep. and then one through the university. So. They all had different things about them. Yeah. It's really good, I think, to have that because I think it helps be more reflective because mm-hmm. some things you do without thinking because, well, that's the way you do it. Yeah. And the more you get these other perspectives, you the more you're able to think, oh, yeah. And then, um, well, um, this discussion is great. And I think what we'll do is we'll have a second bonus episode that we'll get at the rest of the discussion points yeah. we're thinking of for this article but for now thank you for listening to teaching with the body and mind thank you for listening to teaching with the body and mind we'll be back again next week with another episode music is by big wheel popcorn